Curry with the shot, Ben cooking with the sauce, Chef Curry with the pot, boy. Live from the 301, live from the pot. I want to welcome my audience to episode number 83 of Curry in the Pot. I'm back again, ladies and gentlemen. I'm back in the studio, back in the booth with another episode. If you missed last week's episode featuring my exclusive interview with Adrian Branch, make sure you guys go check that out. We talked a little NCAA tournament action. And then we even talked about some stories with the late, great Lynn Bias and ironically, his opinion on Magic Johnson. And also a few episodes ago, I had former Georgetown standout, Mr. Mark Tillman. He came through. He talked about his time playing under the legendary head coach, John Thompson, playing alongside Alonzo Mourning, Dikembe Mutombo as well. But without further ado, I got a very, very special episode and... It's been a long time coming since we did this again, but I got a very special roundtable podcast. Last time we were able to do this was back in December on episode 73. If you missed that one, go check that out. But yeah, go check that out. And, uh, you know, without further ado, let me introduce my guest. So first up is a guy that you guys should be very, very familiar with. Without this guy, I wouldn't even be doing the podcast. So... First up, my boy B. Jones. B. Jones, what it do? What's up? Happy to be on here. Most deaf, most deaf. Next up, I got my boy. He is the host of the Unpopular Podcast. Got a bunch of very unpopular opinions, but that's what he's all about. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome Mr. Jalen Hunter back. Jalen, what's going on, bro? Hey, man, I appreciate you inviting me to the round table with no table. Shouts out. <laughs> I'm on the table. I don't know about you. <laughs> but all right, last but certainly not least, my boy, all the way from San Francisco, my boy Zeke. What's good, bro? What's up, man? Glad to be back on. Been too long. Most deaf, man. So first up, man, how, how's everybody doing? Man, it's a busy weekend. This was a. This has been a busy two weeks in sports, man. Things are very, wrapping very. up. Things are breaking. It's been busy, and for a person that you know is drenched in sports, it's been busy. But you know, I'm blessed. It's cool. Very, very, very busy. I, I second that. Yeah. Most down. Okay. All right, guys. So the uh, today is the last day of the NBA season. This is April 10th. Uh, we'll be releasing this tomorrow, but this is the very last day of the NBA season and playoffs begin this weekend. We don't have, we don't really have that many matchups set, but as we talked a little bit off air, some of them, some of the seeding don't really matter. The East is set, uh, seeds one through five, six, seven, and eight are battling for playoff position and seeding. And then in the West, it's just a big clutter. I think Golden State is the only seed locked in and I think Utah is as well. So, guys, uh, let's start with the East because I think the East is – I don't think it's going to be as fun as the Western Conference playoffs. So, guys, just just talk to me. I actually feel differently, bro. Really? I think I think the East is going to be a lot more fun than the West. I mean, outside in the West, to me, you got two, maybe three teams that can win. The East, I mean – you got the Bucks. You got the the Raptors. So the East, so the East is still wide open, is what you're saying. A wide open from I think five, so too. From five up. Now, of course, down. Now, uh, I don't see the Pistons or the Orlando making no upsets. But yeah, <laughs> I think I think 
for any, except for maybe Indiana because Victor Oladipo is not there. I see any. I see Toronto could win. Bucks could win. Celtics can get hot again, and Philly. So I think that's more exciting than. I mean, at the end of the day, to me in the West, it's it's really two, maybe three teams. If you consider OKC a threat, it's really two teams in in the field. So. You know, I think that the East is a little more exciting than, than the so West. So, which I want to talk first? I want to talk East or West first. What's up? That don't I matter say East. Me. I say East. All right, let's talk East. So, Milwaukee is currently the number one seed. And so, what, what y'all got to say, man? What's y'all thoughts? Who coming out? Uh, yeah. I think that, nah, you go ahead. Um, I mean, for me, I mean, the. The Bucks are a very, very good team. They have very, very solid role players. I mean, Giannis. I mean, he's you know, my he he's to me runner up MVP. I still got James Harden, but as which we will talk like, about a little later, guys. Yeah, but he but him leading the Bucks. You know, they look they look very strong. But I I just want to see how uh, how teams are going to end up defending him. You know, you know how like mm-hmm. I talked about uh, to you earlier or to like a couple weeks ago. Uh, if you have more than one, if you have one person on Giannis and then one person kind of, you know, watching over the paint, he drives and then he has to kick out because he can't really shoot. So I want to see if teams are going to try to exploit that and make the other players around him uh, truly, uh, truly step up. And then you have the Raptors, you know, the Raptors have so many good, good threats on their teams, you know, or on that team. And uh, I mean, Kawhi, I mean, that man, that man could do everything. Now he's developed to so much from just a defender to you know, now he can knock down jump shots, create his own shot. You know, he's becoming a better passer. He can rebound, you know. Um, and then you have the Sixers who have four guys. But I feel like without Joel Embiid, you know, they they fall apart. And it shouldn't really be that way. You know, you have so many talented players. You got you got Ben Simmons, who's 6'10", you know, can rebound, pass, defend, you know. And then you have Jimmy Butler, you know, Jimmy Butler. He's, he's a walking bucket, you know. He should be able to, to do a lot more without Joel Embiid and anything, but he hasn't been able to lead them outside of, you know, um, you know, scoring 20 points on 40 plus percent shooting, you know, and then you have the Celtics and the Celtics should definitely be better. I mean, I think hopefully they're going to get it rolling in the playoffs. Um, you know, I, I feel like it's out of them four, really. I mean, I want to, like I was telling you earlier, you know, I want to see how the Pistons are going to end up playing. Um, I think, I think uh, Blake, I think he's going to, He's gonna show that you know, like he he's finally fully healthy. He's back in the playoffs. I think he's ready to make some noise. He's been a monster know. this year too. Very, very played very, very well. Um, I just want to see how he's gonna do in the playoffs. Like I said, you know, I've I used to really hate Blake Griffin, but like you know, and then when I really started watching him, seeing him develop, I was like, okay, you know, like I I really come to have some respect for this guy. And then I, especially after he got traded too, I was like, you know, I'm re- I, I'm ready to watch this dude. So. Really, I mean, I, I want to see the Pistons, but outside of them, uh, I think it's just the, the the first four seeds really are the only ones that are in contention, you know? Most down. Lee Jones, Jalen? Uh, I think it's, I think ultimately it's going to come down to uh, the Boston and um, the 76ers in the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm. Just because I feel like Boston, like they've been up and down the season. They Like sometimes they look good, sometimes they look bad. And they're uh, they're the fourth seed right now, but I feel like they're gonna end up like the Cavs from last year. They the Cavs they were the fourth seed, and then they were able to like 
focus and put it all together in the playoffs, make a run to the finals. I think with Boston, I think it's going to help with them being locking in, playing the same team night after night. So you want to see those same inconsistencies that you saw in the regular season where they'll beat like a good team and then they'll lose to the Lakers. So I feel like it's going to be them. And then I feel like uh, with Philly, I feel like just with the, the talent that they have, you got J.J. Reddick, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, you know them. I feel like I feel like Toronto is deeper. But I, th- I think that um, I think that the 76ers were able to beat them. So I think it'll be the 76ers and the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I think that uh, Boston will, will end up going to the finals. Uh, well, I love I love Giannis. I mean, everybody loves Giannis. He he's more than likely going to be the MVP, uh, whether you believe so or not. Um, and they have a, a couple pieces around him or a lot of pieces around him that pretty much complement his game. And that's that's pretty much all he needs. Um, but the thing is, if you look at every team, but one team, if you ask me, they all have like sort of a problem right now. Uh, Milwaukee, of course, people don't really people underestimate how big Malcolm Brogdon's injury is. And we haven't heard anything yet to see if he's coming back, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to the start of the playoffs. And he's going to be big, especially when, you know, you need that while Giannis can be the point guard, you need at least a point guard. Like he was he was teetering on the 50-40-90 club. Uh, people underestimate how good Malcolm Brogdon is. Uh, for Boston, uh, there was a report that just came out. Marcus Smart has a torn oblique. Yep. And he, he could miss this first two rounds of the playoffs. While that doesn't really, that shouldn't really matter the first round since they're probably playing Indiana. The next round, they could be matched up against either Toronto or Philly. And I think that you're going to need someone to to if you if you look at Boston, how they've done this whole year, when they have been successful, Marcus Smart is guarding the best offensive guard, whether that's uh, Kate. I mean, uh, what's the name? Steph, whether that's Russell Westbrook, he's been able to slow him down. And I think without Marcus Smart or even Marcus Smart, a little hobble, that's really going to affect Boston because it's going to have to you know put more onus on people like, you know, Orgele and crap like that. So. And like Zeke said, there should be no reason why with Joel Embiid, the Sixers are one of the best teams in the league. Without they look like they look like pedestrian. Even with Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, and Jimmy Butler. They 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 need now, yes, I understand Joel Embiid is arguably top five in the league, but you still have all that talent. And that just leads me to I think Toronto has the has the best shot in winning, uh, at least making it to the finals. They, to me, are leaps and bounds the best defensive team. Now, yes, they might not be on paper, but if you look at from top to bottom, they, to me, are the best defensive team in the East. We always crack on Kyle Lowry has a bad playoffs. And even if he does have a bad playoffs, the problem was DeMar DeRozan, while I'm not knocking him, he really couldn't lead the team with Kyle Lowry playing like garbage. I don't see Kawhi Leonard having that problem because Kawhi Leonard's a proven winner. He's a finals MVP. Kawhi Leonard's that dude. And with the improvement of Pascal Siakam, with the improving jump shot of Serge Ibaka, you also have Danny Green. They have so many pieces that can they can throw at you. Even with Jeremy Lin, that was a uh, sneaky pick. Marcus Salt. They have so many pieces that they can throw at you. Like one per- now, I don't think 
outside of Kawhi and maybe Kyle Lowry, I don't think any of those pieces can lead you to a win, but they can be very effective in a win. You can throw Serge Ibaka at uh, Joel Embiid or Serge Ibaka and Pascal at Joel Embiid and make Ben Simmons beat you. But you can also put Kawhi Leonard on Ben Simmons as well as Tobias Harris. You can put Kawhi Leonard on Kyrie Irving and slow him down completely. You can put... I mean, I don't think Kyrie, can, I mean, Kawhi can stop Giannis, but he can slow him down and make somebody else beat you. So I think on paper, and if they play to their ability and play like they do when they play against Golden State sometimes, I have Toronto making it to the finals. All right, I'm going to chime in. Uh, for those of you who are tuning in on Instagram Live, I am live right now, and I know you're probably wondering why. I'm not talking. It's because we're doing a roundtable podcast. I got B. Jones. I got Jalen Hunter. I got Zeke going. And we're talking NBA. We're talking NBA playoffs. So I want to talk real quick a little bit where Jalen was at. We were talking um, talking best teams in the East and who's likely to come out. I still think it's either going to be Boston or Toronto. And to correct Jalen about if Boston, when Boston gets to the second round, they will actually get Milwaukee. Uh, the winner of the Milwaukee series. So it would be Boston in Milwaukee second round. I think the Eastern Conference Finals is going to look like Boston and Toronto. That's, that's what I think. I do like I do like Boston. I think they will get it together. Like B. Jones said about all the inconsistencies, they will be able to lock in. And it's tough to beat this team four times. Just just picture beating this, this very talented team four times. I know they've been very disappointing, but at the same time, this team is it's starting to look like it's built for the playoffs. At least guys like Kyrie are built for the playoffs. And they're built, you know, to compete in the playoffs. And then you look at Toronto. It's hard to not say whether they're going to be the same old Raptors. But like Jalen alluded to, DeMar DeRozan is not here. His game, I don't know. For some reason, it never translated to the playoffs. Same with Kyle Lowry. But I think it's going to be a little different this time. Jalen alluded to, you know, the big pieces and the pickups, Marcus Saul, even Jeremy Lin, sort of underrated pickup, Danny Green and Siakam, who's been balling this season. I think in the Eastern Conference Finals, we're going to be looking at Boston and Toronto. That's what I think. And last thing I'm going to say, if I can, is that what people say, and we've heard all the time, is you can turn on a switch. And people are expecting Boston to turn on a switch. The thing, the only thing that I want to caution them about is if you look at those teams, a lot of the teams were getting stuff together before the playoffs. Uh, Golden State, they yeah, they hobbled to the playoffs, but they were still fine tuning their defense. Um, when the Heat, talking about turn on the switch, they were resting a lot of players. But then, I mean, when you have LeBron, you can, I mean, let's, and D-Wade, let, like, let's get it. Boston, they've looked, they've struggled since, they, had, they haven't looked good since before all-star break so i don't know how much switching they can turn on and that's the only thing i caution when we talk about boston because if they can turn on the switch then boston is clearly leaps and bounds to me the best team in the east but it's just if they all can click and it hasn't i haven't seen it since the beginning of the season okay can i say something about that um so I think it's really good that Boston is getting Indiana in the first round. Uh, same, as, as, same. As, as of right now, I think it's a really good thing that they're getting uh, Indiana. And as of right now, Milwaukee has Detroit. And like I said, I'm really, I really want to see what Andre Drummond and Blake are going to do in that first round. 
And I want to see how much it's going to take out of Milwaukee to really defend them. And hopefully, I think uh, if Boston's going to prove something, they got to prove it in this first round and got got to get ready for Milwaukee right after. Because I think, if if anything, what they're hoping for is they have to hope that Detroit can at least, uh, you know, challenge Milwaukee. I know there's no way that, that, in my opinion, that Detroit's going to beat them, but they have to give them you know, at least a, a nice little challenge in that first round in order for Boston to really get ready for Milwaukee in that second round. Um, that That's honestly what, what I am what I think Boston is really hoping for. I, I think they're happy that they, they're getting Indiana first round and that they're just praying on uh, something that Detroit can, uh, hopefully Detroit can do something to, uh, with Milwaukee. Any last thoughts before we move on to the West? All right, I guess not. All right, Wild Wild West. Uh, let's let's get right into it. Uh, B Jones, I'm gonna start with you. You were a little quiet, so I'm going right at you, bro. I think it's gonna be um, well. Obviously, it depends on the seating. Uh, the Rockets can drop to the four tonight if uh, Denver and um, Portland win. So I think I think is my prediction is um, Western Conference Finals uh, Rockets and Warriors. But it gets interesting if the uh, Rockets get that four seed because then they will have to uh, meet each other in the second round. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with I'm gonna stick with that pre- prediction. Um, if it does go the other way, that's a little interesting because I think OKC can beat Portland. They swept them on this season, and uh, Nurkic is out, so I think uh, Stephen mm. Adams will, will end up being the X factor in that series if that happens. And then um, they will probably go on to face Denver, and uh, Denver swept them this year. So I don't, but I, I just don't trust Denver in the playoffs. Right, I right. I don't, I don't know about them yet, but um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm thinking Rockets and Warriors. But also that that seating is very key. So we'll see what happens tonight. Another interesting point on your, your, your uh, I'm sorry. Another interesting point about what you just said about seating. Uh, Sacramento is playing Portland tonight, and Portland is resting Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. So this uh, and Paul George is also not playing tonight for OKC. But uh, it's gonna be real interesting to see how the seeding matches up because obviously the only lock is Golden State. I guess I don't know if the Clippers are gonna stay at eight or not. It, it really all depends since we're talking on this, you know, the eve of we're talking on this the eve of the regular season so it's gonna be interesting but uh, uh zeke i'm gonna go to you bro um so i mean one golden state i mean i i think they're a lock you know um but second i mean i think it's gonna be real key if if uh the rockets can stay if, if they can move up to two i think it's gonna be really good for them because if if they don't i mean it, it looks like it's gonna be a hard fought playoffs for them because one first round they're gonna have okc Next round, they're going to have Denver. The round after that, they're going to have Golden State. It's going to be a really, really difficult road if they stay in that three seed. So I think they're praying that Denver will lose tonight, and then so will the Blazers, and I think that'll knock them uh, that'll knock them up to the two seed. And I'm really, I really hope that that can happen because I, I don't want to see James Harden worn down before you know he gets to face off against Golden State again. Um, but you know, I, other than that, I don't really see too much noise coming out of any any other team you know i like denver um i think i think they're a good young team but i just don't you know i, I just don't see them correlating to playoff basketball like uh, in like the best way you know what i mean because i mean there's a lot of match up pretty well with them 
Like I already know if they go to go if if they match up against Golden State in the in the Western Conference Finals, I mean I think that's that's four zero four one for Golden State. You know, um, OKC. I just don't know what's been up with them. You know that after that Paul George injury, they kind of just went down the toilet a little bit. Um, you know, Spurs. I mean, you know, you got to look pop and you know what what he's been able to do with him and Demar Derozan. You know, but um, other than that, I don't really see too much coming from any other teams outside of Golden State and uh, Houston and maybe even OKC. But but other than that, I mean, I don't got too other too much else to say. All right, um, Jalen. Uh, what about you, man? Uh, the two keywords that B. Jones and Zeke said was matchups and seating. Uh, spoiler alert, I have an upset depending on what the seating is. I think that if the things, if Denver wins and everything plays how it plays out right now, I think OKC is going to beat Houston in the first round. Um, because if you look from top, uh, to ladies bottom, and gentlemen, um, for you guys that are on Instagram Live, uh, my guy, Mister Jalen Hunter, has OKC beating Houston in the first round, depending on seeding. And I'm gonna tell you what, uh, if you look at top to bottom, both teams, OKC matches up best with uh, with Houston. You can put PG on. And we just uh, saw evidence of that last night, too. Exactly. You can put PG on James Harden and slow him down. Because James Harden, even though he did finish, what, 39 points last night, he struggled. He had a terrible shooting game. In fact, yeah, I think he, statistically he had the worst fourth quarter of the season. He didn't make a shot well, from the well, field goal. Uh, and you don't want Chris Paul chasing around Russell Westbrook all the time. Like, that's not what you want. And Clint Capella will get neutralized by Steven Adams. I think that if OKC plays the way they were playing in the beginning and when Paul George was MVP level Paul George, I have them beating the Rockets. Um, and then at that, at that point, I think it's pretty much a cakewalk for Golden State because no no team matches up with Golden State. If if one or two of the All Stars are down, you still have two to three more that can pick them up. So that's why I think the East is a little more intriguing than the West. But I think I I, I really think from what I saw last night and what I've seen this season, when both teams are completely healthy, I think Houston wants to do everything in their power. Not to see OKC this playoffs. That's why I was getting ready to go. Uh, so I think very great points by all of you guys. Um, yeah, I think because currently, you know, if the playoffs were to start right now, we would see Houston and OKC in the playoffs. And I kind of do have to agree because uh, uh, we did see evidence of, le- of that last night in Houston. And OKC, it's all about matchups with them. And, and OKC looks like they will have the upper hand. Uh, but I really do think, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, Golden State's going to come out the West. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is what it is at that point. I think Denver is going to get exposed. Um, if the playoffs started the day, they would get San Antonio, but I do think Denver is going to get exposed. They also lack experience. I think, was it, IT and Paul Millsap are the only guys that have playoff experience for real? And IT's not, IT's not even in the rotation no more. So yeah, that's yeah, so... Exactly. So I don't I just don't see any evidence that Denver can overthrow anybody, overthrow Golden State, Portland. We all know, you know, what can happen with them. They got swept last year in the first round. Uh, Utah. No. Clippers. Hell no. Um, 
Yeah, Spurs, think, hell no. I think losing Nurkic really killed Portland's chances. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. So, I mean, it's really just looking like Golden State is going to come out west again. And, yeah. So, we're going to move right along if anybody doesn't have anything else to say. Oh. All right, we're going to move right along and, to, and talk about uh, awards. So, uh, Zeke, I'm going to start with you on this one, you know. We could kind of go like back and forth, but I mean, I know it's a lot of awards, but I mean, if you want to just do all of the awards, you know, MVP, coach of the year, most improved six man, defensive player of the year, go ahead. But Zeke, I'm going to start with you. Um, Well, my MVP, you know how I feel. Um, James Harden, that's, you know, that that's what I believe deserves MVP. Um, You know, Nick Wright the other day, I, I don't agree with uh, Nick Wright very often, but he said, like he said, if any other superstar was putting up the numbers uh, that Harden's putting up, and he, if he's done with what Harden's doing, uh, done this season, he'd be runaway MVP, <laughs> runaway MVP. And I completely agree with that. The heart, the narrative for MVP always gets changed for James Harden, and you know you've seen that in what was it 2015 when when Steph won it. You know, oh Steph was Steph had the better team, even though Harden had the better stats. And then whenever uh, he went up against Russell Westbrook in 20, was it 2017? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Westbrook had the stats, but Harden had the, the better team, and he was still putting up uh, amazing stats. It went to Westbrook. And then finally he got it last year because he was runaway. And then this year it should be the same thing. I think he should get back-to-back. Um, no, no contest. I think I think he should uh, he should have MVP locked up. Uh, I think I think Giannis is close, but I, I, I just think he has he has MVP locked up. I'm, I'm sure Jay wants his son, so I'll let him read. <laughs> um, I, I, I agree with you with James Harden. It's crazy how they say that Giannis is more important to his team, and I'm, and I'm not taking anything away from Giannis. Like I said on my podcast this week, um, this is the closest MVP race I remember since I, I, I can't really remember because this, like, if one person wins and another person loses, I wouldn't be mad. You know what I mean? But I do agree with the fact that, especially with Chris Paul missing a lot of time and Clint Capella missing a lot of time, hell, even Eric Gordon missing time. James Harden, what James Harden did this year, we to me, I don't think we will ever see again. Uh, a, a, a person scoring thirty plus points for thirty plus games in a row, and a couple mm-hmm. of them games were fifty point games, and a couple of them games were sixty point games. So I don't think that we'll ever see that again. Uh, so th- I don't know if he'll win or not because, like, like Zeke said, the narrative changes all the time. Uh, it's probably gonna go to Giannis because he has the best team. I mean, they got what 60 wins, but I still think it should be James Harden, Rookie of the Year. I really don't think this is a competition, bro. And don't get me wrong, I respect Trey Young, I respect his offensive game, I respect what he's doing, but he is not, he's been doing this since All Star break. Luca has been consistent the entire year. Luca, even though he did kind of, you know, slow it down all-star break, he's still averaging more points, more rebounds, more assists than Trey Young. I think that it really should, it's cl- it shouldn't be close. It shouldn't be close. I think it's Luca winning rookie of the year, most improved. To me, this is the second closest race between D'Angelo Russell and Pascal Siakam. But like I said on my podcast last year, Pascal Siakam could barely touch the floor. He wasn't that good. 
He couldn't dribble. He couldn't shoot. He couldn't do. He could really couldn't do anything. He was just tall. This year, the man's dropping forty point games. I yes, D'Angelo Russell was great, but it's not too far fetched to see him playing as good as he was. Because I mean, he was still a top three pick. So my mo- most improved is Pascal Siakam. Defensive Player of the Year to me is Paul George. Paul George is the defensive engine that runs the OKC. Uh, it is kind of close with Giannis, but I give it to Paul George. And what else? Coach of the Year to me is a runaway, which uh, Coach Bud, you know, you nobody nobody thought except if you lived in Milwaukee thought that they were going to win sixty games and be arguably the best team in the league. And the only thing that really changed was the coaching staff. So I got to give it to Coach but for uh, my coach of the year. And uh, six man. But I'm sure oh, you're going to go Lou Williams. Yeah, man. I wanted to go D-Rose the entire year. But when they when the Timberwolves shut him down, man, it was it's pretty much a runaway at that point. I mean, and there's he what Lou Will became the most. I like, scored the most points as a six man in NBA history this year. That that alone. To me, wins you the the six man of the year. All right, uh, Zeke, finish up your uh, predictions. Um, so I so I already said MVP James Harden, uh, defensive player of the year. I had Paul George. I had Paul George. Um, but because of his injury and how many games he had missed, I mean, it wasn't too many. But I think like during that stretch that he was out, Rudy Gobert had been on his tail all all year. For, for defensive player of the year. He's been playing amazing defense. You know, he's always been, that, that's his role. You know, rebounding defense. That's his, and shot blocking. Um, and I think when he was out, like, I mean, you gotta, I, I don't have the numbers. I, I was looking at him the other day and he has been an amazing defender uh, all year long. And even when he, when uh, Paul George went out, he was still continuing that. And I think he built his case back up and took over defensive player of the year um, from Paul George. Um, so I think it, it was close, but I, but I probably have to give it to Gobert. Um, after that would be what rookie of the year. I mean, I would have no problem with them because so I know like he like Jalen had said, Luca has slowed down a little bit. Um, you know, I believe he he got hurt, correct? Yeah. He, he, um, so I think he slowed down a little bit, and Trey put uh, you know, he turned up the gas and he just kept going, and he was putting up insane 30, 10, and you know, 30, 10, and eight type numbers, and I was just like, whoa, you know, because. Mike knows I was never high on Trey Young coming out of the draft last year. And then summer league, I was like, man, I don't really know about this guy. And then he came in, you know, the first couple months and I was just like, uh, you know, I'm still not really sold on him. And then he came in, he's just been balling. I was like, you know, I'm really happy. I was, I was wrong about this guy, you know, I mean, hopefully he can keep it going. You know, he has a lot of upside. Um, honestly, I would not, I would not hate it if they went co-rookie of the years on this because the numbers are so similar um, I wouldn't be surprised if they gave it to Luca. Only reason being is because it is a year-long award. You know, he's been consistent the entire year. You know, uh, Trey has just boosted his numbers in order to compete with Luca's uh, since the All-Star break. So, if if they gave it to Luca, I wouldn't be mad. You know, he's been my Rookie of the Year all year long. But I would not hate it if they gave it to co- uh, they gave co-Rookie of the Years. Um, uh, six man, Lou Will. I mean, that's you know, that's that. Um, most improved, I would. You know, I hate to say it, but I probably, probably D'Angelo Russell, man. Um, you know, I was never high on him. You know, me and me and Mike, you know, we had this discussion on Twitter the other day. Um, you know, we were talking about like his situation and everything. And now that he's finally been handed the keys and been trusted, you know, he's been able to develop. Um, I've really been seeing it. 
you know, I don't, I still don't think that he's, you know, as great as the, the Nets fans are, are hyping him up to be, but he's definitely improved. Uh, he's a very good player. You know, now he's an all-star. Um, and then after that, I'll probably go coach. I mean, coach Bud, easy. You know, that's, you know, what he's done with the Bucks. You know, the, the, the Bucks have been insane this year, you know, 60 plus wins. And they're the only NBA team that's going to hit that this year. Um, you know, but that that's my take. Uh, B. Jones, what you got? No, I got, I got it. I got it. Oh, I got um. So MVP, uh, I'm gonna go with James Harden. You can certainly make a case for Giannis, but what James Harden is doing right now is spectacular. And Jalen just talked about it. Uh, for those of you tuning in on Instagram Live, uh, hello. Uh, I'm doing a roundtable podcast. I got he said hello. <laughs> Hey, they clowning me because I said hello. <laughs> but yeah, I'm uh, we're on the, the roundtable podcast, but uh, we're talking uh, award predictions. Uh, so for MVP, I'm going with James Harden. You can certainly make a case for Giannis because, you know, the Bucks have won 60 games and no one really saw that coming. But what James Harden is doing this season has been nothing short of spectacular. And he's just been balling out, you know, the 50-point triple-double, 60-ball. I seen him drop 50 in person. He dropped 50 uh, against the Wizards, you know, one of many 50 balls that he dropped this year. Um, let's see. So I'm, I'm, I'm rocking with James. You know, you know, nothing against Giannis, but what James Harden is doing is spectacular. And, you know, where the Rockets were at the beginning of the season, even that game where they played the Wizards, they lost to the Wizards that game. They lost to the damn Wizards. And, um, yeah, it's crazy. But uh, James Harden has just been balling out all season long. You know, that streak was crazy, obviously. But I got to give it to James Harden. After MVP, Rookie of the Year, I got to go with Luka. What Trey Young has done after the All-Star break has been spectacular. But Luka's been doing it all year. I, I wouldn't be mad if, you know, they did co-rookie of the year like Zeke said. But... I got to give it to Luka. I got I to gotta give it to him, especially with these international players. You never really know what, what's going to happen with them. Will they pan out? Will they be, you know, Dirk level or, you know, Darko Milicic level? You just never really know. Uh, not, not that that's strictly my case, but Luka Doncic has been balling all season. So I got to go. Got to go rookie to your Luka. Yeah, who's doing that? For real. <laughs> Next up. I got what we got coach of the year. I would say Mike Budenholzer for sure. Um, you know, if the Pacers were playing better and they had Victor Oladipo, Nick McMillan has done a hell of a job. I'm sure, you know, we can all agree with that. But obviously, if it wasn't for Budenholzer, it would be Nick McMillan. But I'm going with Mike Budenholzer, coach of the year. Uh, what else? Most improved. I got to go D'Angelo Russell. Pascal Siakam has been balling. But uh, I look at it, you know, a little differently. You know, he's... You know, the pressure is not really on him. You know, teams are locked in on Kawhi. I mean, it, the, you know, pressure is kind of on him now. Teams are, you know, focusing and honing in on him now. But, you know, the Raptors got a lot of good pieces on that team. And D'Angelo Russell, yeah, there are some pieces. But, you know, what he's been doing for the Nets has been spectacular. Also, a first-time All-Star this year. I got to go with my guy D'Lo. I did predict this. I did predict he would be most improved. So I'm really happy for him. And actually, you know, there's been a lot of guys who have improved but won't win the award. Guys like Zach Levine have been balling, but the Bulls are just god-awful. Julius Randle has been balling, averaging 20 and 10, but the Pelicans are awful. I think it's been a really good year for, you know, 
player improvement, but I think D'Angelo Russell deserves the award. Uh, sixth man of the year, I'm going to go with Lou Williams. They're going to name the trophy after him probably eventually, <laughs> but uh, Lou Williams has been balling out, averaging 20 off the bench again, so I got to go with Lou Williams, and the Clippers are in the playoffs. They, A team that I wrote off, we're going to talk about that a little later, but they are in the playoffs. I think they I think they have 47 wins right now. Clippers have been phenomenal. Lou Williams has been one of many players to, you know, ball out for the Clippers. Also, Montrez Harrell, another guy who's improved. But, you know, they got a lot of good players on that Clippers team. And then defensive player of the year, I kind of don't know. I would say, I guess, toss-up between Gobert and Paul George. I'm a Paul George, big Paul George fan, so I guess I would say him. And then, did I forget anything? Well, one thing I want to ask, do you think that the voters should take into consideration what the players think? Because remember, the players thing just came out and they the voted players James, poll, yep. Yeah, they voted James Harden MVP, but they voted, you know, the, uh, Kawhi Leonard, the defensive player of the year. So do you think that they should, like the voters actually take into consideration what the players think? Uh, I, I don't I don't I think they take it into consideration, but not a whole lot. Uh, for you know, for all the awards, it's kind of like a media thing for the most part between all these awards. But I think that they should take the players' votes into consideration more, cause uh, then they do something stupid like uh, not give Avery Bradley a vote because the Suns, because uh, Devin Booker dropped seventy and he didn't play or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, he didn't even play in that game. Like that. They also voted AI the greatest player of all time. So. A lot of people do say AI pound for pound is you know a great uh, player, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call him the goat. I I, I definitely would. He's yeah, my I favorite. See, He's my favorite player. He is not the goat. Like I like I seen that and it was like what I the disrespect to Kareem though I was like oh man like and then and then I seen Magic AI and KD all had one percent. I was just like man like that was insane. It's a lot like, of disrespect to a lot of players. I was like all right, <laughs> man. Why that man Queen Cook vote with KD for best? I know it's Queen Cook. <laughs> <laughs> alright, alright, B. Jones, last but not least, what you got, man? Okay, so I'm going to start with uh, MVP. Uh, I'm going to go with... I, I mean, I think it should be James Harden. I don't know how the voters are going to go. They might go Giannis because of his team success. Uh, they have the most wins in the league. And he has a uh, good statistic, too, but I think statistically... What James Harden doing is doing is pretty crazy. So I think that he should be MVP. Um, defensive player of the year, I'm going to go Paul George. He's been crazy good on defense all year. Been super impressive. Been the key to the OKC defense. So I'm going to go with him. Uh, six man, I'm going to obviously do well. I'm going to show some love to um, Terrence Ross on the Magic, though. Mm. There's a lot of games that uh, he's their leading scorer. He's a big reason why they um, why they're in the playoffs right now. He, him and uh, Vucevic have been the uh, heads of that team, and I didn't expect them to go to the playoffs at all. I don't think he'll win it, but I think he should at least be runner up. I checked last night to see how many points he was averaging. He's only averaging 15. I thought I feel like I thought he was averaging more, but yeah, I'm gonna show some love to him. And then for um, most improved, I'm going to go Pascal Siakam, basically for the same reason Jalen said. Last year, he wasn't like he wasn't even like, a factor on them, and now he's dropping 40-point games, and 
He's like a key player on their team, D'Angelo Russell. Obviously, he should get some consideration as well. But he's a number two pick, so he, I think he's just showing the potential that he already should have shown. And he has shown flashes of this before, just not at a consistent level. And mm. then for Coach of the Year, I'm going to go uh, Mike Budenholzer. Uh, pretty obvious. Did I, did I miss anything? Uh, no, nah, Rookie of the Year you didn't do. I forget the year. Uh, yeah, yeah, Luca, Luca. I'm like, um, I think it was Zeke that said it, or was it? I think it was Jalen. I, I forgot. But um, basically, uh, yeah, Trey Young. He's he's been balling since the All Star break, but Luca's been doing it the whole year. So yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, him for that one. All right. Uh, anybody got anything else? We move on to the next topic. Can, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Can I say something about James Harden real quick for MVP? So I just looked up the top 10 highest scoring games this season. James Harden has seven of them, including the top two with 61 points apiece. And the highest and his number one on the, the best efficiency was against the Spurs. Well, the only thing I, I that's incredible. I'm not taking nothing away from James Harden. But the only thing I'm going to say about that is Curry and Durant have 50 point games in three quarters. Didn't even play the fourth, as well as. Clay, so I think like James Harden, if he has 60, he's playing whenever. Like, we've seen that already. Kobe Bryant scored 62 points through three quarters and then played a fourth. All right, well, are we yep. talking about Kobe here? <laughs> Kobe Bryant? <laughs> so, uh, we're talking about probably arguably the greatest score ever. So, I don't, I'm just saying, like, he's gonna play regardless. That's just what's going that's how it's gonna be. James Harden, that is. But I'm not taking away from that because, yeah, I, I, I saw. I saw him uh, drop 50 on us in a headband. I, I was there too, Mike. So I saw it. I saw it too. Oh, you was there. You was there. And that, that trash headband he was wearing. I'm like broken. Nobody stop him. What is going on here? <laughs> can, can can I say something about the the KD thing real quick? The the KD Steph and Clay. But think about it. All three of them are on the court at the same time, and they're all lethal scores. You know, James Harden outside of Chris Paul, who drops what eighteen a game now. I mean, nobody else is gonna gonna drop that many points. You know, the the defense is worried about James Harden. You know, on the Warriors, there's there's three guys that can beat you, and now Boogie four. You know, nobody's worried about Draymond, but like, it's James Harden. The defense is focused on James Harden, and the fact that he's able to drop this many fifty and sixty point games, insane, insane. That's true. That's true. I respect it. All right gonna move on to our next topic and that is gonna be biggest surprise teams and then we're gonna do biggest surprise players biggest surprise it could be team or teams out there let's just uh let's just limit it to like one or two teams so everybody doesn't really repeat so uh jayla i'm gonna start with you man biggest surprise team let's just tell me because i only have one um biggest surprise (laughs) biggest surprise team to me has to be uh the bucks um, I knew Giannis was going to be great, but I didn't see the Bucks being arguably the best team in the league. I didn't see uh, Brooke Lopez turning into one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time. I didn't see... Malcolm LOL, Brog- Lakers! Yes. <laughs> I didn't see Malcolm Brog- Brogdon being um, one of the best players uh, in the league statistically. Um, and Chris Milton, to me, has always been underrated, so... I, I, they pretty much brought back the same team minus a piece or two and, uh, you know, with an addition to a piece or two. And last year with the Jason Kidd coaching staff, they were one of the worst defensive teams, even with Giannis and definitely one of the worst offensive teams. Now 
they're one and two in both categories. Uh, I, that's that's probably one of my surprise teams, and one of the surprise players uh, has to be well. Another surprise team actually I have is the Clippers. Uh, I didn't think they were good enough to make the playoffs, let alone be competitive. Uh, I knew, you know, they had a scrappy team, and even when they gave up Tobias Harris, I thought, okay, yeah, they're going to try to miss the playoffs to keep their pick. But Steve Ballmer was like, oh, hell no, we ain't, we ain't tanking, we ain't doing none of that. Uh, you know, Lou Williams is doing his thing. Montrez Harrell, like someone said before, is doing his thing. Um, what, what's the dude's name? Uh, the, the rookie, Scal, or no, uh, Shade. Oh, Shade Gilders Alexander. Yeah, he's doing his thing um, quietly. So that's probably my surprise team. And actually, one of my surprise players is, like you said, D'Angelo Russell. Um, D'Angelo Russell had a terrible exit from the Lakers, and last year he dealt with the injury bug. And I didn't think from what from filming Nick Young to being an to this year being an All Star and being the face of the Brooklyn Nets, um, I didn't think he. I knew he was going to be good, and I, I saw it could happen, but I didn't think it was going to happen, especially with the Nets. Uh, I didn't think they had the pieces around him so he can flourish. Got to give credit to that coaching staff. Yeah, I, I definitely give him credit to the coaching staff, but it's also him. I mean, mm-hmm. you can have the greatest coaching staff ever and, and be the Suns. So, you know, and Devin Booker dropping 50-point games and they still losing by 30. So, um, yeah, I didn't expect uh, D'Angelo Russell to be to make a leap this fast. I knew he could be all-star, but I didn't think – in his second year with Brooklyn of all teams, he would be that all-star talent. So Okay, for sure, for sure. Z? Um, honestly, like, let's – let me see. I have the written down right here. So, for my team that's surprised in the West, I mean, I got to go the Clippers. You know, I said it earlier in the year, you know, last time we, we did the roundtable. Um, my boy T. Wall, who plays on the Clippers, he, he told me, man, he told me, you know, before the season started, he was like, hey, man, we're good. We're ready to make some noise, you know, like, you know, we might not have that big star, but, you know, we're ready. And I was just kind of like, all right, T-Wall, you know, I mean, it's all right. Like, whatever you say, man. And they came out and they showed, you know, and then as soon as they got rid of Tobias Harris, I was like, oh, I don't know if they're going to keep going, you know, and they and somehow they still made the playoffs, you know, and they're they're a lock in the playoffs now. So it's, you know, now they're just fighting for seeding, but it's just like, man, like that, that was a big surprise. You know, like I didn't. And, and him, I, I would say Tobias Harris is actually probably my biggest surprise as a player. Um, you know, mm. he's he's been he's been trending mm. upward. He's been trending upward. But man, I didn't see him, you know, having that impact, especially on the Clippers. You know, he he's gone to the 76ers, and now he's obviously the fourth best option on that team. But you know, but when he was on the Clippers, he was killing it, man. He was he was dropping some big numbers, and you know, he was he was getting All Star consideration for the West. You know, and that and that's a big deal. You know, especially how many great players are in the West. Um, and I would go for the East. I, I'd probably say the Magic. I mean, I had I had no I had rid off I wrote off the Magic this year. I did not think they were making the playoffs, man. Uh, you know the things that what they've been able to do. I mean, hey, that I mean I, I got to give them props. You know, I mean, hey, that's that, that's a good good thing for them. You know, I mean, I, I think it's good that they're they're back in the playoffs. You know, they were kind of like a little laughing stock there for a minute, um, missing on draft picks. You know, and just just not making great front office decisions. You know. You know, um, I, I would also say another surprise team that's in, you know, the East is, is probably Indiana, and it's with the injury of Oladipo, and they're able to, you know, maintain playoff yeah, position. So, yeah. So, I mean, that 
that you know that was a, that was a big thing right there. You know, I I got to give uh, props to Indiana. You know what they what they've been able to do. Uh, you know, they went from the three seed to the five seed, and you know without their best player for a big chunk of the season too. I probably say about half the season, correct? And and he, you know, he he went out and they were they were able to stay afloat. So I mean, I got to give a good props to them. B. Jones. Okay, yeah, I agree with pretty much everything uh, Jalen said, so I'm not going like, to go over the game just regurgitating what he said. But um, as far as surprise teams, I agree with uh, what Zeke just said about the Magic. They have been like a laughing stock for a while. I'm not going to go into too much detail about that. So I go for the East, I'll go with uh, Brooklyn. Um, obviously, they haven't they they had draft, their own draft pick because the Celtics had them. And then they were, um, they have been stockpiling young talent, D'Angelo Russell, Karen Levert, and all that. But I didn't expect them to put it together to make the run of the playoffs. So that's a little bit of a surprise for me. The player in the East that I'll say is a surprise was uh, Pascal Siakam because I actually, I was watching like the uh, home team hoops YouTube runs and he, w- he was on there a lot and he was like making threes and like doing all this stuff. I'm like, Yo, who's this guy? Like, who's this guy on the Raptors that they can make all these threes and is athletic and driving on people and all that? But I'm like, but then we've seen Hoodie Mellow and we see how that turned out. So I didn't really put too much stock into it. And then the season started and he was doing the same thing. So that was uh, that was a little bit of a shock to me. Um, Denver was kind of a shock, but I mean they were in the playoffs until the last game last week, uh, last year. So. The only shock about them was really that they uh, jumped up to the two seed, possibly, or the three seed, depending on how things fall today. And then um, I'm just go with the other obvious surprise in the West, which is the Lakers. I didn't expect them to miss the playoffs. Obviously, they signed Lance and uh, Rondo and JaVale McGee and all them. But I think I thought even with that, LeBron could make it work, but it didn't. So, yeah, that was also a surprise to me. Okay, okay. So I guess uh, mine is a little similar to everyone else's as far as surprise teams and players, but I guess I'll just say it again. So surprise in the East is definitely the Magic. I always write them off. They're, they're, they're the Magic. They haven't made the playoffs. When the last time they made the playoffs? Since they had Dwight. I was going to say, since <laughs> Dwight Howard. So, yeah, that's a long-ass time ago. I was in a whole different chapter of my life when they made Yeah, so. And Anyways, biggest surprise, yeah, so biggest surprise in the East has got to be Orlando. Biggest surprise in the West got to be the Clippers, as I just said earlier. I wrote them off. Charles Barkley wrote them off. A lot of people had them winning 33 games. And I said, uh, I think a couple of weeks ago, I thought, you know, between them and the Lakers, their records would be flip-flop. So I got to go with the Clippers as my biggest surprise uh, in the West. And then uh, my biggest surprise, well, one of my biggest surprise, I would say Blake Griffin. Uh, Blake Griffin is, mm-hmm. you know, averaging career highs in a few uh, categories, and this guy can actually shoot now. We all knew about, you know, the athleticism, and Blake Griffin even admitted that, you know, he used to get by early in his early days with athleticism, but now Blake Griffin is showing his true skill. The guy, I, st- I went to the Pistons and Wizards game on my birthday weekend, and this guy was bringing the ball up court, and you know, he, he, he's actually a threat at shooting threes now. So I would say Blake Griffin has been a big surprise. And the Pistons kind of a surprise, too. I don't I don't really I guess I didn't really know what the, you know, 
guess I got I guess I thought the Hornets would make the playoffs and over them, but I just I just don't really know. I just don't really know, you know, what the Pistons were gonna show me as a team. But Blake Griffin has been a very pleasant surprise. Also, like you guys mentioned, Siakam and Tobias Harris, all great, you know, all great surprises. And you know, D'Angelo Russell and another surprise I, I mentioned it earlier. Zach Levine has been balling, but the Bulls are so damn terrible that. You know, nobody is even, you know, peeping what he's doing. He's been really good. So now, uh, what you guys say? Uh, hey, can I say one thing real quick about Pascal Siakam? How they were t- so, do you think it's benefited him that he's playing with a guy like Kawhi Leonard? Yes, that's why I'm not giving him most improved. Be- oh, not, 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 not in the sense that he that he's playing well because of Kawhi, but do you think he's a good mentor for Kawhi? Because think, th- think, think about it, because last year he was used for a lot of defensive possessions. He wasn't playing too much, but he was used mainly for defense, like Kawhi when he was first coming up. And now he's starting to develop a, an offensive game, and he's getting a lot more minutes. And he's you know, he's a very, very good defender, and he's very versatile and lengthy, just like just like how uh, Kawhi is. Do you think it's it's he's uh, benefiting from Kawhi's mentorship? I think he's benefiting. Uh, and I'm again. I know it sounds like I'm bad on him, but I think he's benefiting not playing with Demar Derozan, due to the <laughs> fact that you have two guard, two guards that are extremely ball dominant and can't really do much without the ball. Except, well, you know, Kyle Lowry can sort. You know, he can play defense, but he's not the same Kyle Lowry without the ball in his hands. And to me, Demar Derozan is nothing without the ball. He's he's one of the worst defenders in the league, and that's statistically. I think. Playing alongside Kawhi, and while Kawhi is ball dominant, he doesn't need the ball to feel an effect, so the ball can get swung around. Especially playing with other defenders. Like if you look at the team last year, they didn't have too many defenders except for, you know, Sergi Baca, Valanciunas a little bit, and Kyle Lowry. Now you're playing with Serge, Danny Green, uh, Norman. Norman has has gotten a little better, and Kawhi Leonard. He doesn't need to be the sole defender. So I think that that allows his game to grow a lot more, if you ask me. All right. All right. So now we're going to do biggest disappointing teams and biggest, I guess, most disappointing players. I'm going to start with I'm going to start with Jalen on this one. All right. It was hard as hell for me not to pick my Wizards. So but I didn't do it. I'm going to start with the most surprising player. Let me ask y'all a question. What is different from last year to this year when talking about Benjamin Simmons? Ben Simmons has not... I told y'all he was overrated. I told y'all on the last roundtable he was overrated. Ben Simmons, I gave this man a whole year. And this man looks exactly the same from when he was at at LSU? Like, I'm like, come on, Ben. You, you you have all that time. You have the all season. You still can't shoot. To me, that is one of my one of my most disappointing because Ben Simmons to me had the had the body type and had the skills to be a LeBron type. He just needed to put it all together with defense because his defense is still a little spotty at times and and shooting the ball. He could barely do either. Now, yes, he's still a good player in his own right, but he could he could be so much better. And to me, that's a disappointment. And huh, disappointing player. See, I'm not gonna bag on my team, 
Well, one thing I will say is this. I don't know how many times I got to watch the Summer of Sirius or or the, the John Wall's documentaries every summer. And every summer he comes in. Summer of Separation? Summer of Separation. <laughs> I don't know how many times I have to watch that series. And every year he comes into the season overweight. I don't know. Is he only filming that for a week? Is he filming that for a month? Is he filming that for two days? I don't know. But there's no reason why he should have looked like that in his Team USA picture. And there's no reason why he should have been coming into the train in the training camp as a point guard, nearly 260 pounds. And to me, that is that is that's the main reason why we did not take off this year. I'm not putting it all on John Wall, but when you have John Wall coming in unhealthy, as in overweight, and he slow he was John Wall we all know how fast he is there should be no reason why John Wall was playing at the slowest pace at a, at the starting point guard position John Wall we're talking about I understand he got injured and he got re-injured because he was dancing in the shower but when he was on the court <laughs> John Wall was one of the most just and I I if you know you know me Mike I defend John Wall tooth and nail but I could no, not yeah facts I could not do it this year because John Wall came in overweight. Came in, he had, his shot got worse because he didn't have step, he didn't have elevation in his legs. So he was overweight, and then he gets injured with the same because he's overweight. So I'm like, come on, bro! Like you get paid all that money, and his extension I, I cannot stress this enough. His extension has not kicked in. It kicks in next year. So this was the year to get overweight, I guess. But that that really put an onus on the team. And and that's John Wall to me. Yes, I know he got injured, but he was one of my biggest disappointing players. And I guess team, um, one of my disappointing teams is the Pistons. Yeah, they're they're in the playoffs, but you have. And I say this: I expected them to be a lot better because you you have a full year of Blake now, and all I heard was Andre Drummond is. Is coming to, sh- to prove people wrong. Andre Drummond as feels he was disrespected because he didn't get selected to the All Defensive Team. He felt disrespected because you know people don't when they talk about the best uh, centers, they don't talk about Andre Drummond. He's like, yeah, I'm, I have something to prove. Andre Drummond, just like Ben Simmons, looks exactly like he did last year. And the Pistons struggled until the end of the season. And the only reason, honestly, they are in the playoffs is because if you look at Charlotte, or you look at the Heat, they struggled just a little bit more than the Pistons struggled, if you really look at it. And Blake Griffin has went off, but everybody else on the Pistons has struggled but Blake. So that, that to me, I thought they were going to be better, especially with the LeBron leaving the East. Yes, they made the playoffs, you know, shouts out to them. But, I mean, you make the playoffs to get swept in the first round by, by a, a Toronto. Good job. Can, can I say something? Can I say something about about the Pistons real quick? They've lost a lot of close games, man. They've lost a lot of close games, and that's why I'm ready to see them in the playoffs. You know, they outside of outside of Blake, who's who? Who else can close? You gonna trust Reggie Jackson with the ball? No. You know, Drummond? No. You know, I was gonna it, say I don't really like their perimeter players. Yeah, no. They they have a bunch of well known guys. But they're not. But they're not very good players in terms. They like a lot. Like like let's look at them. You know, uh, 
Luke Kennard is listed as, as one of their guards, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they have Langston Galloway, Isaiah Whitehead, Ish Smith, Svi, Wayne Ellington, Glenn Robinson. You know, these guys, they're well-known players, but they're not the greatest players, you know. Their best guard is Reggie Jackson, and you wouldn't you wouldn't consider him elite by any stretch of the of the word, you know. So I then mean, it's 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 Drummond and Blake, and if and if Blake isn't hitting or closing, that's a wrap. And I hear what you're saying, and then but then, and I and I agree everything you're saying, but then how does that differ from Charlotte, who right now is fighting to be in the playoffs? Charlotte has Kimba, and then the next best player is what Miles Bridges, and his highlights are putback dunks, like. They, both teams are. I expected more from both teams due to the fact that the the biggest elephant of all elephants in the room left and went to the West. And yeah, but but do you remember what happened with the Hornets? So the the Hornets were playing really really well in the in the beginning of the season when remember Kemba was going off and he was yeah this was out around the last mind. time we did the we did the roundtable the Hornets were playing really good. I guess yeah, you could say the second best player is Jeremy Lamb, but. It, Not that that's a compliment. That's what oh, I'm saying. I, met, I I met him two weeks ago, by the way. Just saying. But uh, anyway, he. Uh, but oh, like the, the Hornets. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but uh, no, the the Hornets were playing very very well at the beginning of the season, and they've just been gradually falling off. You know that 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 was what what happened with them. So them, I mean, they were a big surprise to begin with, and then they fell off. The Pistons have just been going up and down, and they've been able to just kind of keep it just a little, their heads just a little above water. But, I mean, like, Hornets and the Pistons, their rosters aren't very good. I mean, just the Pistons just have Drummond and Blake. That's the only difference, you know? The the Hornets have Kemba. I mean, it's it's just a matter of, you know what, and there's a reason why the Pistons aren't in, in the playoffs. They have a better roster. I mean, it's not a much better roster, but they have a better roster. I can hear what you're saying. I just I just wanted to not pick the two obvious, which is the Wizards and the Lakers. So <laughs> I hear you, though. I, res- I respect what you're saying. All right, let's, yeah. get, let's get off the Pistons and the Hornets. Uh, who's next about biggest uh, disappointments and uh, players and teams? Who's next? Uh, I got it. Um... So I guess I already gave mine with the Lakers. That one was obvious. I agree with the Wizards as well. Um, they were kind of a disappointment last year. They were they ended up at the AC and got John Wall and Bradley Bill. I mean, come on now, that's that's unacceptable. And now this year they're missing the playoffs. And I know John Wall got injured, but I'm not gonna shoot him any bell for that. So I'm gonna stick with uh, Lakers and Wizards. Um, most disappointing player. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm go with uh, Ben Simmons. I'm gonna agree with uh, Jalen on that, and then I'm, I'm going also, with him too. Also, uh, also Jason Tatum. Um, to me, he hasn't obviously. Um, Gordon Hayward and Kyrie came back, so that changes the whole dynamic of the team. But I still think just the way he's produced this year is it doesn't match up or it doesn't add on to what he accomplished last year, and then at the playoffs going toe to toe with LeBron, and now he's kind of like almost like a role player. If you want to say that, so let me just I'm gonna go with those two for a most disappointed player. Uh, Zeke, um, for me, man, I mean, I'm gonna go my biggest disappointment, and it comes and it's a heartbreaking thing that it's the biggest disappointment, but the Lakers, man, you know, they're our team, Mike, and everything surrounding the Lakers has just been a disappointment. You know, it's it's heartbreaking, you know, we thought, man, like. 
you know, I've never been a LeBron fan, but whenever he came, I was like, all right, maybe we'll finally, you know, we'll, we'll finally do something. We'll be able to put this together. And we missed the playoffs. And get, granted, you know, we were in the fourth seed, got injured, Lonzo goes down, you know, a bunch of other injuries, and it all just, you know, ends up, you know, come crashing down a little bit. But, I mean, everything surrounds the Lakers is terrible right now. Um, and then the Wizards, the only reason why I wouldn't say they're the biggest disappointment is because they finally got rid of, who was it there? Oh, the Porter. No, no, they, who who did they just fire the other day? Ernie Grunfield. Oh, Ernie Grunfield. That's the only reason why I wouldn't say they, uh, that's oh, the only they would have held on to him. They, they would definitely, yeah, if they would have held on to him, I would have, I would have probably mentioned them in the same breath, but because they got rid of him and Otto Porter, you know, I got to give them a little bit of leeway for that one. Um, but there's a lot of disappointed players to me this season, man. LeBron, and not necessarily with LeBron's play, but the way he's handled everything, man. The way he's handled every situation, the, the way, the way, the way, the way he deflects everything, and you know, it's not him, it's everything else, it's all the, you know, it's just coming off his excuses, man. You know, you still claim you're the best player, act like it, take the blame. You know what? I gotta be better. I gotta make these guys better. You know what? It starts by me. I gotta lead. Um, you know, Russell Westbrook, and it's not nothing Russell Westbrook's doing off the court. It's what he's doing on the court, you know? You know, whenever Paul George is balling out, yeah, he's putting up numbers, but a lot of it's coming as empty stats. He's shooting, you know, almost 25 shots a game again, and he's playing super inefficient. You know, he's getting his triple doubles, but, I mean, what are you getting outside of that? You know, they're coming down to really close games when him and uh, Paul George should be leading, the, leading blowouts, you know? And then you have Anthony Davis. The way Anthony Davis has handled this whole or New Orleans situation with him wanting to leave, it's not it's not a good look for him, man. It's not looking good at all whatsoever. Um, and then Ben Simmons not improving. You know, there's so many ways that he can't improve. He should be one of the best players in the game right now, man. And he he everybody is, but he should be closer to top five than top fifteen. And it's just you know it's it's not looking good for his you know his upside if he's not going to be able to hit outside of ten feet. Whoa, you think Ben Simmons is a top 15 player right now? You wouldn't put him top 15? Everything he can do, the only thing he can't do is shoot. I mean, to me, I don't know about that either. Yeah, that's yeah. all potential. Not not what he what he can do now. No, he ain't no top. Golden State top. got five players. I mean, I, mean I, I, I mean, I I would put him like, thir- you wouldn't put him like 13, 14, 15, somewhere around there? Unfortunately, no. I mean, if he's top 15, 15th, <laughs> I mean, he's he's right there on the edge for me. I mean, I don't, but like, I, he he's right there, like on the edge. I mean, like, I mean, there's there's a lot of guys. Think about it though. How many players in the NBA you can like, oh, uh, you know, I could switch this guy and this guy. I could switch this guy and this guy. You know, there's there's a lot of players that are interchangeable. There's so many of them that you know, no nobody's ranking is guaranteed. But he's, I would say he he's right there around the 15. You know, anywhere 15 to 20, somewhere close right there. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know about that one, though. I don't know about that one. Maybe, maybe we'll come back that, to that another time. But, all right, let me hop into this uh, biggest disappointments in uh, players and teams. Uh, for teams, I'm definitely going with the Lakers uh, for a ton of reasons. I mean, they did have a lot of players injured. You know, we all know about LeBron missing time. My guy Lonzo Ball missed time. Rajon Rondo missed almost 40 games. Uh, Brandon Ingram missed a lot of time. Kyle Kuzma Missed some games towards the end of the season. It's been a lot. It's been a lot of disappointing things. And then my most disappointing player is LeBron James. And uh, sort of what Zeke just said, the way he's handled things, I just thought he could have been a better leader on and off the court. You know, the whole Anthony Davis thing is going, oh, I would love to play with Anthony Davis. Joking about it on the uh, All-Star Draft. 
And it's just that's just not cool. Like you got these young players and they feel some type of way because you're not saying, you know, these are my guys. These are my guys. I mean, after the fact, you want to say, you know, these are my guys now. But, you know, while all of this stuff is going on, while the trade rumors were going on, you should say these are my guys. You know, of course, we would love to have Anthony Davis. But right now, this is my team. I believe in these young guys. And he didn't do that. And even on the court, the nigga's not playing defense. So. Biggest disappointment, and then uh, Ben Simmons, I've been pleasantly disappointed with him because, uh, you know, outside of 10 feet, he's only shooting 20%. I don't think I have to say anything else about that, so. You know, this, I told you, Mike, I told you, this is the first time LeBron James had to be a a leader of younger players, and it's, it's, he ha- it's not a territory he's used to. He's used to straight vets. Um, and, and he clearly shot on, I'm not gonna say he can't lead, but it clearly showed that he is not, he doesn't understand what it takes to lead younger players. Like Kyrie, Kyrie's the same way. Oh my God. And we see what's going on with Boston right now. We're talking about, are they going to flip a switch? Boston are to me up and down has the best roster in the league. And they're talking about, are they going to flip a switch? And they're pretty much, they're pretty much, um, in 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 danger of losing a first round matchup to a Victor Oladipo list Pacers, so that really shows you like the people that we we consider leaders. Not saying they aren't, but they don't. Under, they, some of them don't understand how to lead younger players. Like it's it's easy to lead, you know, Mike Millers and and, and Mario Chalmers because they know what to do. They know what they're gonna do. But it's hard leading a Jason Tatum when. He thinks he's the man, which he which he most likely is, or leading someone like Kyle Kuzma, who was the Lakers' best player last year, or leading uh, Brandon Ingram, who most of these players are still trying to get that second contract. So it's hard to ask people to defer and lead against people that are trying to get their money. And I, I understand it, but that really shows you just how hard it is, no matter how great you are, how hard it is to lead younger players. And that's why LeBron James, they never want to do it. He shipped... Andrew Wiggins out so fast for Kevin Love, so that that really yeah, shows. Being the right move, though. It, it did, and I'm not saying it's not, but like, they understand LeBron James has never had to groom somebody, and, and we're we're seeing it how it is now. All right, facts. Uh, I want to move on. Uh, if anybody doesn't have anything to add, real quick, I want to move on to. Uh, we all saw what happened last night. Magic Johnson and the Lakers stole the show again. But before I get to that, biggest surprises. I forgot all about this, and I'm mad. We talked so much about the Wizards, but Bradley Beal has been a, a very bright spot for the Wizards, averaging 25, five and five. I've, I've been very happy with Brad Beal. I know I knew he could do it, but you know he did it. Averaging 25, 5, and 5. So I, I've been, you know, very happy with Brad Bill. And shoot, he could he could, he could sneak in for All-NBA 13, but I don't really know. But he, he's been balling. Yeah, I respect it. All right, so let's talk uh, Magic Johnson steps down. Uh, Zeke, you want to you wanna start this one? Yeah, you started, bro. Go ahead. I know you got a lot to say. Oh, you want me to start? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah I want you to start. Woo! <laughs> All right, so <laughs> it happened. And I'm just like, last night it happened. And I'm like, yo, what's going on? Like, Magic Johnson really just stepped down. I get the uh, shams and wads alerts. And they like, they like, Magic Johnson just stepped down. And I, I text B. Jones. I'm like, bro, Magic stepped down. B. Jones like, I'm hip. And I'm like, oh, my God. I text Jalen. And Jalen's like, now nah, you got a topic for tomorrow. And then Zeke <laughs> hit me up later and was like, 
I seen that shit. So I'm just like, man, yo, what the heck? Like, it's it's really tough for me to digest this because the timing is 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 so off. The timing is so off. And then Magic Johnson has made, you know, such an abundance of bad moves. Like letting Randall and Brooke Lopez walk. And then how he handled the trade rumors and all that. It's just it's just uh but I think it could turn out to be a good thing because now they don't have to I mean I know they got LeBron but now they don't have to like make a desperation move and sign the wrong guy this summer if they do get to sign somebody but I'm just I'm just really like I'm still shocked I'm I'm still in shock about Magic stepping down obviously you don't want a guy in a position like that if his heart's not truly in it. And you can tell. And he obviously wasn't in there day to day like he should have been. Because when you're the president of an organization, you have to put in the work. You, you have to really put in the work. And Magic Johnson obviously didn't want to. And he didn't put in the work. And another angle is he's talking about he couldn't be himself. I kind of feel for him because. But I kind of don't feel for him. Because if you're in this position, you got to know you can't do certain things you know all the tampering fines you can't do certain things it's kind of fair and unfair for him but the timing is off and and what i really have a problem with is he didn't go tell genie bus before he did a damn press conference like that's messed up you're, you're blindsiding everybody and it's just it's a fucked up situation i know i don't even curse on this podcast but it's a really messed up situation who somebody take the wheel man First of all, shouts out to Magic Johnson for giving the greatest sound bite of all time. I'm not going to be here. Bro, I died <laughs> laughing when I saw that. That was the funniest clip of all time. And I told you, Mike, I told you last time I was on your podcast, this is the biggest fear that the Lakers fans should have. As a free agent, as a top free agent, why would I want to go to an organization? That a clearly communication from top to bottom is hella off. Mm -hmm. You don't you don't know what LeBron James is gonna be. You don't know who's gonna be there. You don't know if Luke Wall is the coach. You don't know if Luke Wall can coach. And now you have you have person a person that you elected as a president of operations just dip. In fact, he didn't just dip. He dipped like a G. He, Yo, he LeBron called, is sick right now. <laughs> he called his own press conference. Jeannie Buss is in her office chilling two steps away. He calls a press conference and says, I'm out and leaves without even talking to her, without talking to LeBron James. And LeBron James already said one of the biggest reasons why he came to L.A. was for Magic Johnson. So that's a one, uh, I guess, positive that you could you could sell on a free agent. Another another positive that you could have sold was Magic Johnson's gonna do whatever it takes because they pretty much they gave him the reins of you know drafting and trading and everything. Hell, Luke Walton thought he was gone after the game. Uh, that Palinka didn't know if yeah. he was coming back. So it's it's just another black eye in a in a one stored franchise. Now you have people like Byron uh, Byron Scott saying I'm surprised because I've never seen Magic Johnson quit. Uh, you see Shaq saying I'm, he's disappointed, but the show goes on. It's kind of hard for the show to go on when you don't know who's going to be in the show. Why would a player like Kyrie want to come to an unstable organization like this? Why would a player like Kevin Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, hell, even even not even the even t second tier players like 
Chris Middleton, um, Demarcus Cousins. Nah, he, oh. nah he's tier three. <laughs> what I'm saying. He ain't tier two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why would a player, player want to come to an organization that right now, at least on paper, looks so dysfunctional? And then turmoil. on top of on yeah, in such turmoil. And on top of that, the the second report I saw was LeBron James was uh, blindsided. The last time LeBron James was blindsided about something, that was Kyrie wants to leave. What happened shortly after that? LeBron James was up out of there. So, and I'm not saying that LeBron James leaving. I'm not saying that they're going to trade him or he's leaving. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm just saying is, there. This is just a pot of a bowl of turmoil. And as a pure milk, like some of these free agents are going to be, I wouldn't want to get poured in this bowl. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and and I told you, Mike, the Lakers are 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 putting their hopes in a lot of things that are uncertain. Yep. You're putting your hopes that a, a free agent is going to come. You're putting your hopes that LeBron James is going to galvanize after he couldn't do it this year. You're putting your hopes that um, New Orleans uh, – turn stupid and and gives you anthony davis you're putting your hopes that even if they trade anthony davis to a team they're not gonna he's not gonna want to stay like they'll be messed up if kd dips and new orleans trades uh anthony davis to golden state like why would he want to leave that so what i'm just saying is the lakers are this what, what happened yesterday is a microcosm of the lakers season just just a, a pile of lack of a better term i'm sorry mike but it's just a pile of shit and and that that's exactly what it's been. <laughs> All right, uh, B. Jones, Z. Before yeah, we wrap I'll, up, I'll take it. yeah, I'll take this one. Um, I think when I first saw the Magic Johnson that he was stepping down, I thought that move alone that was a positive for the Lakers because he was saying that. He wasn't, well, reports came out that he wasn't committed to the job. He was in and out of the office. He was doing other things. He wasn't doing scouting. He wasn't doing the groundwork. They said he was out the office more than he was in. Right. They they said he only went to one college game, and that was Duke. (laughs) The game. Wasn't the game Zion didn't even play? Yeah, no, the game Zion didn't even play because he got hurt. Staff is about to be gone. You need a whole new coaching staff. Half of the team is about to be gone. Because I got a feeling they're going to stay for some reason. I, I just don't. I, I have a feeling they're going to. I feel like Jeannie Buss loves Luke Wallen too much. And, and last thing I'm going to say on the topic one qu- quick question. When's the last time the, the Lakers ain't been in the playoffs in six years, right? Yeah. And Jeannie Buss has been 
the person pretty much uh, in charge of basketball operations, which is, you know. No, drafting. no, she wasn't. She wasn't. Who was it? Her brother was, Jim Buss. Yeah. So the Buss and family. And Mitch Kupchak, they fired them. And when did, when did they fire them? Like two years ago? Yeah, right before Magic came in. So looking at this now, just looking at the organization, I don't have – this organization ain't been good since 2013. Like, I don't see signs of it getting better. For, I, now, of course, if, 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 if a couple of free agents go, I respect it. But right now, I don't see who would want to – I see free agents coming to the Clippers right now before they come to the Lakers. And that, to me, that, that should be the scariest thing. And that should be the one thing that came out of yesterday is that if Magic Johnson don't even want to stay, who wants to come, you know? All right, babe, back to B. Jones. I know you was uh, I know you had a point. I know you were talking. Oh, uh, no, I was just finishing. I was saying um, coaching staff might be gone. Magic need a new uh, president. Um, you don't know what's going to happen with the GM. And then – They say Rob Polinka stand. Okay. Well, if that happens, that's good, I guess. And then also um, half of the team will be gone. So you're going to have to replace players. And then the rest of the team, the young players, are alienated. So it's just a toxic situation all around. And we've seen that LeBron is not the best at locker room management where it comes to, like, regrouping the guys and getting everybody on the same page. Um, he's offering half the team out out there joking about it on TV. So it's just a toxic situation. And I don't know if that's something that can be repaired in one offseason. It seems like I feel like they're going to just try to put Band-Aids on it. And we might just be here in the same situation next offseason. So I don't know what's gonna happen, Zeke. Oh, man, um, I don't even know where to begin, man. Magic, greatest point guard of all time. But geez, as president of basketball operations, my goodness, man! Like I don't. It's like you know, some I don't remember who said it the other day or. Was it this morning? I believe it was this morning. They said, you know, Magic never faced, you know, any type of as a player. As a player, he never. It was a. Uh, it was uh, undisputed. It was on. Yeah, undisputed. yeah. He he never faced any kind of dysfunction, you know, as a team or anything like that. His biggest mishap was the whole HIV thing, but as a player, you know, no dysfunction really, and so. He went into this kitchen and he wasn't ready for the heat. You know, he he put so much faith, you know, like like he was like he was a like he was a player, you know, but he but like they said, he's not on the court. You know, you know, you gotta you gotta be able to make those hard decisions. But he was putting so much faith into everything, every draft pick, everything. And I and I get you have to put faith into them, but if things aren't working out, you have to be ready to make those decisions and he was not making them correctly. Like the man said Alonzo was gonna his jersey won't hang in the Raptors. <laughs> And I, and I, I mean, I love Lonzo, but like, that was just like putting it right there, saying that. It's like, oh my lord, like, <laughs> uh, that was that was wild. Like, if, if he would have said that when you know Le, when he, LeBron signed, that that makes more sense. But saying it to a guy that just came out of college after one year, it's like, oh my goodness. But you know, I don't even know what to to do to say at this point, man. I mean, Lakers season in a nutshell. I mean, I love Magic as a player, but or, but like, yeah, but as the president of basketball operations, you know, he wasn't fully invested, you know, like he said, you know, 
I like to be free. I got a great life. What am I what am I doing? I've got a beautiful life. I'm going to go back to that beautiful life. I'm looking forward to it, you know. And it's just like, man, like, you know, that right there shows like, you know, he he wasn't fully invested from, you know, from the jump. You know, he he thought it was going to be all, you know, fine and dandy. But it's like, man, you got to make these hard decisions. And he wasn't ready to make them. But that's all I got to say about that, man. All right. Um, uh, we do got uh, D-Wade and Dirk retiring. And any quick thoughts uh, before I wrap this thing up about D-Wade and Dirk, guys? Uh, both top 20 players ever. Facts. <laughs> Man. All right. They, uh, they're both great players. I'm glad they uh, got rings so they got back to their legacy. Uh, yeah, that is, that is dope. Yeah. Uh, also, they, they forced Dirk out. Dirk never said he was retiring until last night. They forced that man out. That man could have played that. <laughs> man, Dirk, man, Dirk's ring. That that thing's worth a few rings though. <laughs> that that insane same championship run right there i would say that man it's like it's like our childhood was well, he a little younger than us but like everybody from our childhood is 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 done besides braun and uh vince carter and Javel, uh jamal crawford i'm about to say i'm about to say jamal <laughs> 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 jamal crawford dropping 51 like, oh yeah that, that was dope that was dope that was dope but yeah man uh d-wade and dirk retiring i, I, I kind of wish d-wade would stick around but i mean if he's at peace with his decision then you know more power to him you know i, I, think they, I just i just don't think his body's able to hold up a few more seasons man yeah man. He, yeah he, the knees done yeah <laughs> oh man him trying to jump on that table last night his knees definitely <laughs> exactly his knees it's it's a wrap <laughs> You know, oh. they buckled for a second. They were like, oh, oh, let me get down real quick. <laughs> yeah. All right, people. All right, guys. Uh, I really want to thank all of you guys for coming on. For real, man. Uh, you know, it was great that we could do this a second time. The last time we linked up was December 28th. And here we are back on April the 10th. So I really, really appreciate you guys coming back on. I'm, I'm, I'm glad, man. We got to do this, you know, more often, man. Yeah, Definitely. Man. Most definitely, bro. I appreciate y'all inviting me again, man. Most def, most def. Sure. All right, guys. So uh, to my audience, I want to thank all of you guys for tuning in. If you uh, caught a little bit of on of me on IG Live, you know, thanks for tuning in. But I really want to thank you guys again for coming on. And, uh, you know, I'm wrapping this thing up. So I want to thank all my audience members for listening. This is Mike Curry signing out. Episode number 83 is done. Peace. Peace. Peace.